What's up, everybody? This is the Toy Photo Cast, a podcast where we interview Thesaurus <laughs> Fit on the other line. What's up, Eugene? How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Um, you you just picked a great day to, uh, for us to have this because, like, um, as you heard, like, I moved to Germany, and no joke, the movers just showed up like a couple hours ago, and I'm just surrounded by towers of boxes of toys, mostly, and um, maybe a couple shirts. But primarily toys. But yeah, um, I'm turning this house into a home. So for the people listening, what's the time difference? Like for me, living in Lexington, Kentucky, like how far ahead of you are you? So I've been on the West Coast for like most of my life. So nine hours ahead. So I'm assuming maybe about six hours ahead for you yep. um, if you're close to the East Coast. Yeah. So, I mean, it was definitely a, a challenge when I moved out here because it's like I left in the morning and I arrived here in the morning mm-hmm. and I had to stay up like till nighttime. And it's just like, man, it's just like you're just beat. But that's the only way you're going to be able to adjust. And I think I struggled with that for about like two weeks. And then, yeah, now I'm finally on schedule. So I'm curious, man, what was the motivation for you to move out there? Was it a job change or what's the deal? So to be completely honest, um, yeah, so it, it was a job change. Being completely honest, I've been trying to move overseas for like five years. Um, it's just it's just been something I've wanted to do because, you know, the, the world's a big place. And, yeah. and it's just, I don't know, like it's cool to think that I'm on the other side of the world right now. And it's, it's crazy because culture's different, uh, food's different, beer's really good. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's it's literally a different world. Because um, no joke, before I actually moved to Germany, I actually had a few interviews to move to Japan, and I was really oh. pushing for those. Yeah, um, and you know things you know didn't go the way that I wanted, but hey, um, that didn't stop me from trying to still move overseas. And no joke, like after that third opportunity, I was like, you know what, I'm not gonna give up, and let me just keep going. And sure enough, one day I just happened to wake up and I got the job here in Germany. And wow. What, 60 days later, here I am. So is it like with the same company or is it just like a whole new career change? How'd that work? Um, So I'm actually still working for the same agency. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, you know, just I've been working my way up for about, man, in April will be 14 years I've been with this agency. So I literally, I just been working my way up from, yeah, from like, from the ground up. Yeah. That's all I can really say. Congrats, Um, dude. Congrats, No, thanks, man. man. I appreciate it. Because like... I saw it as like a double win for me because it was like it was a promotion and the fact that I was going to move to like Germany. I was just like, whoa, like it's one thing to say it. And no joke, even when I got the job, I wasn't even I was like, oh, cool. I got the job for Germany. But it didn't hit me. It didn't hit me until I boarded the plane and I realized that, whoa, this is a one way ticket to Europe. And until like, you know, I go for another job where I have to move back to the States like this is where i'm gonna be it's not like hey let me pack for two weeks and i know i'll come back no it was kind of like all right let me pack my life up and no joke it was like i remember when i left my last place like i did a walk around i was like man you know for the past couple years like you know i had figures everywhere and all my other stuff and then it's just like an empty dwelling and it's just like whoa then it's like all right on to the next chapter and i just kind of went from there that's nuts man did did you like move a lot growing up or what was the the situation for you your childhood like did you move a lot or like what was your family like um so I come from a military family but um honestly at a very young age like 
um, my dad retired, so we weren't even uh, moving anymore. So it was just one of those things, like, you know, because I grew up in San Diego, California, and, you know, it was great there. And then I just hit this point where I was like, you know what, I need to venture out and, you know, uh, see new things. And, you know, and that's why, like, from San Diego, I moved to Arizona, and then I was there for a few years. Then I moved to Seattle for a couple years, and then now I'm here. So the only great thing is just, like, I was prepared for the weather here in Germany because it's exactly the same as it is in Seattle. It's just like gloomy, cold, <laughs> and sometimes the sun comes out. <laughs> wow, yeah, that is insane, dude. I I actually kind of have a similar uh, story where I people always ask me like, "Was your family military?" Like, no, my dad was just a crazy guy who just followed different jobs and just would just mm-hmm. you know he was following new opportunities for businesses and stuff. But I moved all over the country and got the opportunity to like see all kinds of places. Went to South America a lot. And now that you're in Europe, dude, like I, like I have a bucket list, a long bucket list of European countries that I got to visit and Germany's definitely on that list. So if I ever make it over there, dude, we got to hang out. Hey man, if you make it over here, dude, you got a place to stay. I'll, just, I'll tell you that right now. Thank you, man. I appreciate yeah, of that. Of course. That would be legit <laughs> yeah man like it's like it's so awesome man because like public transportation over here is like super like no joke i live like right up the street from the gym uh the gym oh god um from the train <laughs> yeah. and no joke like there's times where i'm like you know what? i'm gonna go downtown and i just hop on the train and it's just like it's funny because you either see people drinking on the train or people are already drunk on the train because this is an open container country and it's just, you can just have a beer whenever you want. Um, yeah. And then, that. um, yeah. Cause like, it's crazy when there's all these festivals going on, like you get on the train and like, everybody's just like drinking, <laughs> but it's like, wow. everybody's controlled though. Like it's not, I mean, not controlled, but everybody's in control. It's not like crazy or belligerent. It's just, everybody's just really happy. This and, is a normal part of society. Yeah. And that's, what's yeah. crazy because it's just like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, you know, back in the States, you go to like a lounge or something like that. And it's really loud. Everybody's drinking. It's loud. And it's just like, you know, people are screaming. It's, it's just like, it's a, it's a party. And it's insane because it's like you go to another kind of like bar area here. And it's just, it's just so quiet and so contained. And everybody's just quietly enjoying their beer. And it's like no joke because literally like everybody at the table has a beer. And it's, it's just, it yeah. just. It's not something you always see because you think, oh, someone's going to drink this. Um, someone's going to have like a, a mixed drink over here. And, this and that. no, it's just everybody just has like tall glasses on their table. And it's just cool. It's just everybody's just super friendly. And um, yeah, it's just a really nice experience. And it's a nice change of pace. Um, yeah, it's and just it, a different quality of life here. Definitely. It doesn't hurt that the beer is cheap there, too, right? Oh, no, not at all, man. <laughs> um, it was funny when I first moved here. Uh, coincidentally, I have a couple friends out here. Um, and one of them was like, Hey, like you want to go to Oktoberfest and they have like, like the big Oktoberfest is in Munich, but, Uh um, they have kind of like every little township here has like their own little festivals. So we went to a local one and it was so funny because we sat down and, you know, they were like, Hey, you want something? And I was like, Oh, I'll take a Hefeweizen. And I, you know, they gave me this liter and it's this huge mug and it's just, (laughs) And it's like, whoa, like, holy crap. Like, I've never had a beer that huge. But I was like, all right, cool. Um, and then my friend was like, oh, well, I'm just going to have a Coke. <laughs> Anyways, we get the bill, and his Coke was like five euros, and my beer was like three euros. And my drink was probably like four times the size of his. And he was like, are you serious? I was like, 
I guess I guess that proves the point of you know beer is cheaper than water here. So I mean wow. he didn't have water, but that's something that's really funny, dude. Off guard. <laughs> I grew up in a town which was known like nationally like known for being the only dry Oktoberfest in the United yeah. States. I think it's in the world actually. Um, it was in a little town in Alabama, and they had this German heritage like the the people who founded the city were all German and there's a lot of German influence and stuff. So I'm very familiar with like uh, all the customs and stuff, but it's so funny. Now it's actually, they finally, after like 80 years or something, some long period of time, they finally approved the sale of alcohol. So now it's, there's no longer any more dry Oktoberfest, but it's like, is that even crazy? Is that like a contradiction to have a dry Oktoberfest? That was the running joke. Yeah, it was it was a running joke because that's pretty much everyone that's what people do when they go to Oktoberfest is just drink beer. But like they had this October zest which was like a like a like an apple cider kind of thing that they sold at the event. But you couldn't drink beer. Like there was no beer drinking anywhere to be had. There was just like the German cultural, you know, festivities and all kinds of different uh, uh dancing and stuff like that. But it's oh, so man. funny. But it's like, who who do you think uh, snuck in the booze? Though I think that's who we have to be friends with. Oh, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was <laughs> happening all the time. I just I never saw it as a kid, but it's it's definitely a, a strange parallel universe of <laughs> growing up. But uh, you're like, what universe is this? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. So let's let's transition to toy photography. I'm curious, man. Okay. How long have you been doing toy photography? So I've been like actively doing toy photography since about like spring 2016 honestly in like the early 2000s i tried it a couple times like with my dad's film camera and mm. i remember they were so bad like i didn't know how to focus and i'm not gonna lie it's it it's stuff that like you know those older cameras i it was funny i was holding one recently i was like okay i don't even know what to do um <laughs> but no it's funny because i know i shot a bunch of toys like i said that was like in the early 2000s but the only one i can remember actually shooting I uh, had this Neo figure from the Matrix, and yeah. it was cool because like he had like a molded cape, which was actually I mean not a cape, molded trench coat, yeah. and it was at like this pose where you can actually lean him back, and the cape would actually hold him up. So it was almost as if you know he was dodging the bullets. So I remember I remember trying to shoot it, mm-hmm. and and I remember like oh cool, and I remember like giving it to my dad. I was like hey can you develop this? And I remember when it came back, they were just crap. <laughs> <laughs> like they were not even in focus or anything, and I think that was probably when I, that dream died. But um, oh. um, <laughs> but no, I'd say yeah, no joke. Uh, 2016 springtime was definitely when I um really started like really pursuing it and just proactively doing it and just um I guess I guess you say the the fire for toy photography itself like ignited at that moment. In, was there uh, like in- a specific moment that you remember looking back that like? that made you choose, like make the decision? So, you know what? I, I, I actually do remember what specific moment happened. Um, Cause like I said, so this was like in 2016, I remember that's when Bandai um, had announced that they were doing like their Ronin Star Wars line. Yeah. And I remember seeing the Boba Fett and I was like, holy crap, like that thing is dope. Like <laughs> I need to get that. And like, I remember I ordered on Amazon and I was just like, oh, sweet. And it showed up in the mail. And I remember I took like one picture of it. And I just happened to put like hashtag, like, I don't know if it was Boba Fett or like Ronan Boba Fett. And coincidentally, 
I looked up that hashtag on Instagram and I saw this one dope shot. And I was just like, oh my God, that is sick. Who shot this? And coincidentally, it was Sergeant Bananas. And Aww. that was that and that was that moment. I was just like, all right, I gotta do this. <laughs> I, was like, I gotta do this. Cause like it was cool because I feel that like even as a kid and to an adult, like I had a pretty crazy crazy imagination. And yeah. it's it's stuff like that that I I enjoy. And seeing I guess you can say that the idea to actually pursue it I mean I pursue it the idea to do toy photography was in my head but it was scattered into multiple pieces like puzzle pieces that didn't come together yet and I guess you can say like that moment of when I saw that shot that Johnny did I was like okay that that was the final piece I guess you can say like if you were to think of it as like a, a brainstorm cloud it's like and you know you have all the uh the parts underneath that cloud it was almost like I had all the parts and it was kind of like okay what's the idea and I took that shot and I was like oh that's the idea and therefore I just kind of applied that from there I was like oh I could totally do this and I just remember like one of my first shots um I had this Nendroid Joker from Dark Knight Mm -hmm. and no joke I just had that I had like a desk light I had like black heart uh uh it was like black construction paper to black out the background and I remember like I, I turned the light just enough. And it was funny because, you know, those Nendroid figures are like really cute. You know, like they don't, yeah. you know, like they're all like little chibi guys. Um, but there was just like one moment where I lit it just right. And even though like the Nendroid is like a cute figure, I just got this really sinister vibe from the Joker figure. And like I said, even though it's a Nendroid, it gave off this sinister where I was like, ooh. Like, it, it scared me, where it's just kind of <laughs> like, man, like, that's scary. Because I remember, because um, this is before, like, because I used to shoot on my phone for, like, two yeah. years before I moved up to a DSLR. And yeah. so, you know, when you're shooting on your phone, it's all live view. Yep. So, like, I just remember, when, like, moving the light as I, as I got it just right. And when it hit that moment, and I was just like, oh, dude. Like, I, I guess, like, capturing the... I don't know if this is where sinisterness, I don't know. Um, <laughs> just, I guess just capturing that, like really like got me excited and really, I don't know, I experienced this sense of otherness where I was just like, whoa, like, I don't know That's what awesome. that was, but in so, this moment, like I enjoy doing this, you know? Since you kind of had the aha moment, like, and you already mentioned Sergeant Bananas is like mm-hmm. someone that inspired you for that post. Is there anybody else that you want to give a shout out to for some of your biggest inspirations? Um, I don't think he's listening, but uh, Hans Zimmer, <laughs> the, <laughs> the composer for like a lot of like, oh, geez, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank right now. Dark Knight. Yeah, like Dark Knight, Interstellar. Caribbean, yeah, man, because like. Interstellar. Yes. I mean, yeah, like like I said, um, definitely Inception. Him. Yes. I, it's funny because I'm just like drawing a blank and I'm just like. Why I listen to this guy's like compositions all the time, and I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. I think it's I think it's the podcast, man. It's the anxiety it's I'm telling you. <laughs> but um, no, man, because like, yeah, he's like, you think about it, he has such a critical job for these movies. Like these movies can be like very dramatic and very deep into storytelling, and his job is to apply like musical notes to make you feel a particular way, and. It's just insane that he's able to establish emotion in these sounds and therefore, like, add to the visuals that you're seeing. Um, yeah. And 
yeah, it's just, it's crazy because there's, I'm not going to lie, like, there's so many times where I'm listening to some of his compositions and I think of not just scenes from movies, but in a sense, like, scenes from movies in my head that haven't even happened or haven't been made. And with that being said, that's where I kind of take that notion and apply it to the toy photography. And I kind of, like, I'll listen to his scores while I'm shooting and I'm kind of like, okay, no. Like, there's times where I'm listening to one score and I'm shooting. I'm just like, no, this doesn't fit. And there'll be times where I'll put on another track that he's done and I'm like, this is the it. This is it. Like, this is... This is the visual for his audio and vice versa. And that that's what just like really inspires me. That is sick, dude. I've I've never heard anybody say that before. That's so cool. I love the fact that you're able to kind of make that transition from from using the inspiration. Like you're you're using that inspiration musically to be able to create art and it, the the stuff that Hans Zimmer does, I mean, it, it is classified as art, but you're using art to create more art. That's so cool, dude. So how do you feel like, looking back, your photos have changed since you first started? Have you seen a lot of improvements? Do you enjoy it more? Like, what do you think that you have noticed? I've definitely, I noticed that there's a lot of improvements. Um, I've definitely noticed that I, I've grown as like a photographer, um, you know, and there's still a lot to learn. And that's the great thing about it. Cause it's like, I feel like when it comes to art, there is no end to learning something or, you know, and it's just, it's just crazy. Cause like just the other day I was looking at some of my old posts and I, it's just funny how I think about it. I was like, I would have done this. I should have done this. I should have done this. But when I think back to that time, like I didn't even understand those concepts. Like, I remember like when I learned how to control my exposure, I was like, oh, cool. Like this is all I need to do. And then <laughs> I remember like hitting a point where I was like, dang, this shot is really grainy. Okay, cool. I'm just going to load down the ISO. Cool. I got it all figured out. And then it got to points where I was like, ah, oh, but man, like, okay, I'm establishing this shot, but I can't see it in the background, but I don't want to do it too. And then I was like, okay. And then I learned about F-stop. And then it's just, it's all these things that you continuously learn and apply that, excuse me, sorry, I'm like mid burp, but it's not coming out. I <laughs> I'll keep that in there. I won't, I won't edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep that in there, man. That was weird. It just sat right there. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, wait, what was the question again? Sorry. Oh, you are saying that you're like learning all the different, uh, portions of, of, of photography and all the different things you're figuring out along the way oh yeah yeah and yeah so along those lines too uh something that i really educated myself on um was temperature like color temperature for your shots um because truthfully i mean a lot a lot of my uh early shots were were darker and a lot colder um and i guess i just that's just something that i kind of gravitated towards um but I've noticed now, like I have experimented with warmer tones, which I feel I only do the warmer tones if I feel it's appropriate for the shot. Um, like, I, like if it's a really kind of a, I don't know, like you could say like when I do some of my Joker shots, like I can't do warm tones for my Joker shots. It's just, I, I can't like it for me. I can't, I feel that that pulls away from his character, but that's just for me. Um, the only time I can use a warm tone with Joker is that like something exploding in the background because you know, you would, you know, it's just naturally from the explosion, you get a warmer tone. Gotcha. Um, but definitely, I, I know that I have 
warmed up my shots. And I don't mean that, again, to say that all my shots are warmer. What I mean, though, is like not as cool um, temperature-wise because it's just uh, – I guess I try to move away from the deep blue tones and kind of more into the gray tones because, I don't know, like that's something else I guess you can say that um, I'm inspired also is – I really love how Zack Snyder's films have like the the dead tones to them. Like that's yeah. something that also, and like I I honestly love it. And you know, there's people who think differently, but hey, uh, you know, that's to each their own. Um, but yeah, there's just something about uh, those muted tones that I really like, and I feel that adds character and just really fills a scene and makes you feel another way. Also, you know, so I guess I guess. If I put that all together with, okay, if I'm listening to some compositions by like Hans Zimmer and then I'm shooting something maybe like Batman and like Deathstroke um, and then I put in the cooler tones, I'm just kind of like, okay, cool. Like I know that this is the scene. Like this is the scene. Like if I, if I have this movie in my head, this is the scene, this is the color it's going to look like and this is the track that's going to go to. Because it's just like I want to be able to pull in somebody to view this almost in the same way that I'm visualizing it. I know it's like, you know, not really possible to see it, you know, like 100% from my brain, but kind of along those lines. And it's cool when I do that and I get the, I get feedback from people and they're kind of telling me kind of like, oh man, like this feels this or like, man, this is moody. And I'm just like, dude, like that's what I was going for. And I'm just like, cool, like mission accomplished, you know, even if it's just one person, I'm just like, cool, mission accomplished. And it, it just, it's just, it's just nice when you see how people interpret your art the way that you uh, I guess create it yeah man I'm scrolling through your feed right now and, and everything you're saying is just kind of highlighting what the work I'm seeing man like you're that's one thing I've always noticed about your work is your tone that like you said the color tone the color grading it's just like man it's so good like I know you spent a lot of time on it and I just love those Lord of the Rings shots you do like I'm looking at this one with uh, Sauron and he's got the ring and it's like is that the old Toy Biz figure? I uh, believe so, yeah. Because, okay. uh, yeah, there was a toy shop um, in Washington that he used to always go to. And one day I just happened to walk in, and he had, like, this three-pack. And I was like, I've never seen a Sauron figure before. And I was like, oh, and it's a 112 scale, but he's not technically 112, but yeah. he fits the 112 realm. And I was like, I have to get it. I have to get it. And it just worked out because I, I have – like this thing too where I really like um kind of like medieval stuff or kind of like you know like fantasy like knights and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Um and I if I think it's the shot are you looking at the shot with guts from Berserk in it or is it just the the portrait of uh Sauron? It's just the portrait. Oh okay. Um yeah and then it was perfect too because no joke like if I remember correctly with that shot there wasn't much color correction because like I said, in Washington, it's just naturally gloomy. So like, that's a really close, like natural tone that I just have. Really? To yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, of course you, you know, you do a little color correction and all that, but no joke. Like that was just, if I remember correctly on like in camera settings, it wasn't like too far off from that because it, it really was just like a really gloomy day and it was really cold outside but i just remember like man like this 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 tone is like perfect for this and i was like i have to shoot it like i remember i was like this is my goal i have to shoot this today i don't care if my back hurts <laughs> like after i'm done with this but this has to be done and sure enough i got that shot and i was just like okay cool like 
this is the one. And I was just like, I was just super proud of that shot. That is so cool, dude. I've never asked this question. It just kind of dawned on me to ask this. Um, so how many shots do you try to get in? Now I'm saying like on a normal month when, when you're all, you're not moving everything in and you're not all over the place, but like how many shots do you try to get done in a month? Oh, in a month? Yeah. Um, like just in a time frame of like 30 days. Do you yeah, look at it like that? I don't because I mean, I guess like when the, when the creative juices are flowing and I got a setup, like if I'm, cause you know, I primarily do like indoor shots. Um, if I have a setup, I might do like two or three shots and that might be good for, you know, like a few days or whatnot. And that'll kind of like let it set in my head and I might edit it and then come back and say, well, no, I'm not sure how I feel about that tone. And I go back and there's been, honestly, I have a lot of shots that I'm probably never going to post because I felt like they were too close to another shot that I did. And I, therefore I feel like the original idea I had already like shown to the world in a sense. Um, And I felt like I didn't want to do something redundant and I just didn't want to do it. So yeah, I don't know, man. Like honestly for like a month, I I don't know. Like I said, I guess I don't try to set a quota for myself or anything. I just kind of just go with it. Cause I mean, I really love doing this stuff, but at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, they say like too much of a good thing can be bad. And sometimes Mm -hmm when we start beating ourselves up, we're kind of like, no, it's not coming out the way I want it. It's not coming out. And it's like, there's times when it's like that where I'm like, okay, I need to step away from a little bit. <laughs> and cause like the last thing I want to do is take a shot because I felt obligated to take a shot. Gotcha. It's just like, I just, I just wanted to, you know, again, it's like, even though we are the ones shooting, shooting it, I want to be able to be able to feel it also. Cause I'm pretty sure you've done this on some of your shots where you're shooting and then you look through your, uh, your gallery and you're just like, Oh, that's the one. Like, you know, you feel it as if you didn't even shoot it. You get that feeling of like satisfaction and you're just like, dude, like, you know, you have that quick second of like, cool, I shot that, but not in like an arrogant way, but in a very like humble way of like, cool, you, you're seeing your art, you're seeing your, you know, in a sense, you're getting the perception from the camera of what you have in your mind. So exactly, I don't know. That's that's kind of my mindset on that. But that's yeah, so in regards cool. to but yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, uh, no, no. I don't mean to interrupt. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, no, 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 but yeah. In in regards to the month, yeah, I I don't really have anything set. I just yeah, I just kind of go with the flow on it. That's interesting because I feel like for me, I have to do it the opposite way, where I have to like set aside time. And like make myself do it otherwise i won't do it like i'll get like what's called uh, analysis paralysis where i'll just analyze things to so much to the point where i'm just like i don't do anything so i have to like make myself do a shot i'm like okay i got the inspiration and i like somehow i'll manage the inspiration into a time frame and i'll be like that's when i'm going to use the inspiration for that specific time because otherwise I won't do it and I'll just like plan on doing it and I'll never get to the shot. So that's, it's interesting to hear different people's like takes on it because I feel like if I waited for that inspiration to hit, like I would never do it. Like I would, it would never come. I would just be like, oh, well I could do it, but I have to make myself do it. So how long does it take for you to get like that inspiration? Like you said, you wait for the inspiration to hit. You don't want to feel, you don't want to feel like you're, supposed to do a shot like you make yourself do it but like how long does it take for the inspiration to hit you do a shot like you get everything set up and then you edit it and then you post it like what like 
what could be the time frame for a normal shot for you? Um, well, I mean, completely honest. Like, if let's say, because I'm trying to think. Like, if I were to start shooting, let's say I just set up some figures right now. Um, I don't know. It's like you kind of just like play with the posing for a while and then see like what seems organic. Um, you know, because even though they're figures, you want to give them that that realistic you know like the, the posing is a big thing because you don't want them to look very stiff or anything like that you you actually want it i i just animated myself as if i was stiff like that um <laughs> um but no like i think that's that's the thing that's the most time consuming is i guess just setting up your environment um and i think that's kind of the the timely part because honestly, I feel like once you have your angle set on your camera and like how you want to shoot it, if you want to do landscape, if you want to do portrait, you want to do it at like a, a, a weird angle, you want to do a close up, you want to do a macro shot. Um, I, I feel that, that that part's easier than the setup itself. Because when you do your setup, like for me, like lighting is everything. So it's like if you get your setup and you light it correctly, that, that's the part that takes the longest. Because, I mean, you can do a shot and say, oh, it's too bright. You can lower your exposure. Oh, it's too bright. Lower your exposure. And then you can say, oh, but I want my background. A little bit. And you can hide your f-stop. And, I mean, do what you got to do with your f-stop. But I just feel like that part's a lot easier because it's just kind of like, all right, cool. Like, the idea I have of what I want to capture is already there. And the great thing is they're not like humans. They're not breathing and they're not moving. Well, I mean, <laughs> at, least when, at least when we're not looking, you know, towards the video. <laughs> yeah. um, but... Uh, yeah, I just feel like that's that's the timely the timely part is just the setup. You know, like you said with your lighting, and you know, you get reflectors, you get, you know, all this stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm, like timing wise, I don't know. Like again, it's one of those things where it really depends on what you have to edit. Because um, you know, if you're doing like Star Wars shots, you know, and you want to create the lightsaber, you know, that that can take a little time. Um, you know, like lens flares and stuff like that. That can that can take a little time. Um, but yeah, really, again, I, I don't really have a, like a time frame on it. It's just kind of like, because I can shoot it. And I'm like, oh man, well, I got a lot to do this week. <laughs> and then I'll edit it like at the end of the week or something. Like I, I haven't really been, or like again, felt like obligated to like, okay, I got to do this now. But um, of course there's been certain certain times where I was like, okay, this shot is like, I'm very happy with the shot. I need to get it out to the world now. And it's just very kind of like, I need to show it. Um, those are times where I will do that. But most of the time, it's just kind of like any shots you might have seen that I've done, I've already shot them like a week ago, two weeks ago. Um, yeah, and it's just it's just a matter of me kind of just, again, just going going with it. Because again, I don't, I don't want to rush, especially to if I'm editing it. I don't want to edit it like really fast, just so it's like, all right, cool, it's ready. Just put it out there. It's like I want to be able to make sure it's quality and make sure that again that the story I'm trying to tell with it is apparent, you know. So nice. That's sick, dude. I'm I'm learning from you because I have a problem with patience when it comes to posting. I really I do. Mean, like, <laughs> I'll post. I'll just like take a shot, edit it real fast, post it, done. Yeah, I mean, I know, and that's just the thing, though. Like, I feel like that's where, even though it, can, you know, it could be a hobby or it could be something like you're passionate about. It's something that clearly, like how you said, like you, you, you shoot it, you edit it, and then you post it. It's because you're excited, and I feel that that's a great thing too, though, with toy photography. You get excited because it's kind of like, oh man, like I just shot this. Like I want to show this out. You know what I mean? Like I want to show this to people. I want yeah. to, and that that's the excitement of it. 
you know, and don't get me wrong. I, I'm the exact same way. I'm just, I guess you could say I'm just lazy to edit right away. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and call myself out. I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't want to sit down right now and play with Lightroom. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, you know, cause I'm just kind of like, man, I just spent like how long trying to set that up? And I was like, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm going to bed. <laughs> that's cool, man. I, I love hearing your process. That's, that's really interesting to me, honestly. Thanks, man. So, do you focus more like on the shooting or like the posting? Cause like, are, are you, do you enjoy like the engagement, like part of it, like engaging with the community, like when you're posting uh, in the comments or are you, would you rather just shoot all day and, and not post? Cause some people lean one way or the other, or they just kind of, they enjoy both. What do you prefer? So truthfully, I mean, yeah, I honestly feel like I'm right. I, I'm all for both. Um, because like, I'll put it this way before I knew what toy photography was and it was actually like a hobby and stuff like that. It was just kind of a thing, but actually being involved in it, it it's exciting because it's kind of like, Oh man, like, you know, when we like, I'm pretty sure all of us toy photographers are kind of like, we get that thrill of, Hey, when we go out, we find a figure we want. It's like, Oh cool. And then like, no joke. Like as soon as we see it, we start thinking of ideas and like what we're going to shoot, how we're going to shoot it. Or, you know, cause I feel like that's, that's part of the fun of it. Um, and, I feel like shooting it is definitely the fun part because that's where you get to tell your story. That's when you get to, you know, use your imagination. That's when you get to make a movie in your head, like, but shoot it with toys. Like, you know, it's awesome. And truthfully, like, I guess that's where you get that excitement is like when you get to post because it's like, all right, cool. Like, you know, I, I shot this. Um, I'm very stoked about it. Um, I'm just very happy with how it looks and it's like, cool, I want to share this with my friends that I made, you know what I mean? Through this community, which is, which is great. And it's awesome because you get, you get like feedback from people that I guess you can say that like, you didn't expect that feedback. Cause it'd be one thing if like, cool, like, Hey, I'm happy with the shot. But then you get somebody who like comments on your shot and they're just like, dude, like this is so dope. And it's just like, Whoa, like somebody, like I personally feel like when somebody takes the time out of their day to like comment on your shot, clearly it must have like affected them in that way, whether they were actually like inspired or they just really liked what they see. And, and that's just something that I guess that encourages me to do more. And at the same time, encourages me to like, I guess you could say like, keep doing what I'm doing. And in regards to like, you know, being myself. So that's, I guess that, that kind of helps helps me out as a person also um because just kind of like hey like this is what i'm passionate about you know this community is filled with other people that are just as passionate about it and it's awesome because you know like let's be real like this this hobby is definitely i mean yeah this hobby is definitely a unique one because not everybody in the world knows about it and it's super awesome just just knowing how you can like make friends and and it's just, it's just crazy. You know what I mean? It's just crazy how like we're in this, you know, digital age where literally you can make friends through, you know, something we enjoy doing and just like sharing it with other people. And therefore like you guys get engaged with each other and it just, you know what I mean? It's like, all, it just, it's just an awesome feeling. And then just, it's just great because it's just like somebody else would do something and it's just like, it, it inspires you. And it's, it's like a back and forth and it's just, it's an awesome feeling because the momentum does not stop. Yes. I wholeheartedly agree, man. That's one of the reasons why I always come back and why I think all of us are obsessed with the, with the community and the engagement, being able to support one another. 
That's incredible, dude. So I'm curious now, I want to ask you this question. You have a lot of different figures that you like to shoot in a lot of different lines, but what is your favorite line of figures to shoot and why? Um, so my favorite line, honestly, it's like uh, Revoltech and their amazing Yamaguchi stuff has been so awesome. Um, yeah, I just, I guess what I love about them is because they're, they're, they're exaggerated kind of like how like anime figure and uh, anime figures, but like how animes are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like they just have that exaggerated action and I feel like amazing Yamaguchi does such a great way of like really presenting that. Cause I mean, no joke. Like I didn't, ironically, like I have, um, an amazing Yamaguchi, uh, Raiden figure, but I just like Raiden. So I didn't even pay attention to the fact that it was amazing Yamaguchi. I was like, Oh cool. Like a rebel tech Raiden figure and it had awesome articulation and stuff like that. But what really pulled me into amazing Yamaguchi style was when they came out with their Venom figure. And I was like, that is the epitome Venom figure. <laughs> like i was like dude like this is awesome because like he's he's like big and bulky and he's like again he's exaggerated with like the with like the symbiote and stuff like that where like the what are those things called oh man i'm drawing a blank but All the, yeah was, like the tentacle things like yeah I yeah they're not, yeah they're not quite tentacles or what are they called the tendrils or something that's not even tendrils or something like that tendrils, yeah, I know, yes there i know you what you mean <laughs> <laughs> And then I was like, oh, dude, this is awesome. And then they came out with Carnage. And then I lost my mind because that's like the <laughs> dopest Carnage figure ever. And then what's crazy about it is like they just keep coming out with new stuff. Like the the Deathstroke and the Batman that they did, I like I love those figures. Like not everybody agrees with how they did Batman's cape because, you know, it's like multiple pieces. But yeah. again, I guess I love the fact that it's like like anime. It's super exaggerated. And it's just super awesome because it's just like, man, like they did such a great way of kind of like keeping those figures, I guess you could say like, hu uh, yeah, I guess you could say humanize where they can, you know, they can stand and they just look like regular figures. But because of like the engineering with how Revoltech does their figures, you could just do like straight up comic book poses, like anime style poses. And, and it's awesome because I feel like that's what they were designed for. So, and I feel like that's, that's what I'm, you know, definitely aiming for. Cause I mean, I'll tell you this, man, like, did you see the, um, Maze Yamaguchi, uh, war machine coming out? Oh yeah, I did. Oh dude. Like when I saw that thing, I was like, <laughs> Oh, it's on. It's on. <laughs> I feel like, um, I'll put it this way with their Marvel line. I feel like, if Marvel versus Capcom were to have action figures, like those would be it. Totally. Yeah, because I mean, you know, you imagine like the the Rebel Tech uh, Wolverine, like all and everyone, like I have that figure and I love it. And it's just crazy because every time I pose it, I can't help but say like in my head, like Drill Claw, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> when when Wolverine would do that jump move, and it's just like it's I, I just love it because like I said, the exaggerations and just I don't know, I just. I guess, like, you know, when we were kids watching the cartoons and watching, like, anime and just seeing how it's like, okay, well, like, in Dragon Ball, they just threw somebody into a mountain. Like, you don't see that in, like, regular cartoons. But, yeah. or, like, a super crazy punch and it's just, like, uh, you know, it's just, like, they, they punch somebody and it's just, like, you see, like, the flex just go ridiculous and, like, their punch, 
breaks the sound barrier. You know what I mean? It's like stuff like that. And I feel like these figures allow you to kind of like do that. And it's just a matter of how you want to represent it. But that's definitely like one of my favorite lines. Like I said, like, oh man. Yeah, Amazing Amaguchi, uh, Rebel Tech. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, I think that's my favorite line. Like I have a lot of figures and stuff, but there's just, those keep pulling me back in. Like those are the figures I'll go back to. And it's like, all right, cool. Let me try posing him this way. Because I just saw like this anime and one of the characters did this really cool pose. And I was like, you know what? I think Raiden would look dope doing that. Or like, let me see if Deathstroke can do that. And sure enough, like they can. So that's, that's something like I really enjoy about that line. Did, did you see R2K Troopers is doing a giant cannon for the Iron Man Rebel Tech? Yes, I did. And I already, I already contacted him. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I need that. I love your work, man. Um, I live in Germany, so I'm going to figure out a way to get one of those. But yeah, trust me, when he posted that prototype, I was like, oh, it's on. Like, trust me, I already messaged him because I was just like, okay, like, I have to get that. <laughs> And I'm I'm not gonna lie, like I was really hoping to see something like that in Endgame. Like I was really, really hoping to see something like that in Endgame where yeah. you know what I mean? Like Some I don't know. Massive I, I, cannon or something. Yeah. Well, I had this cool idea. Like, I mean it's it seems far fetched, but I had this cool idea because I mean, you know how we barely saw um Iron Patriot, was it two point oh? We barely saw him. But like have you seen the hot toy for that thing? Like that thing is ridiculous. Oh yeah. Um yeah. I had this, like, thought in my head, like, how cool would it have been if, you know, because Tony would, like, hack everybody's suit. I feel like he would, like, talk to Rhodey and be like, hey, I need to borrow your suit for a second. He's like, for what? And he uses War Machine's armor as, like, a straight-up giant cannon. Like, imagine, like, <laughs> like Rhodey, like, get kicked out of the suit and he's like, what's going on? And, like, imagine the Iron Patriot suit just turns into, like, one crazy, like, Some cannon. Neck. Yeah. Like yeah, like imagine yeah. like uh like heavy arms from Gundam. Yeah. Like imagine if his suit just turned into something like that, but it like merged with the nanotech of the Mark 85. Like just imagine how ridiculous that would be, but that would have been like the oh damn. Like, you know. <laughs> but I don't know. I guess yeah. I'll have to shoot that now. Maybe I'll just shoot that now. Maybe when the Do when it. the when the uh Marvel Legends uh Iron Patriot 2.0 drops. I might have to do something like that. I don't know. We'll see. That'd be a sick shot for sure. That I loved like the whole aspect of toy photography where you get to expand the universe and expand the storytelling and do shots like you said, like that didn't happen in the movie. And you can you can make it happen on with toy photography. Yeah, and that's what's awesome because it's like, you know, you see other people who who do um in a sense like they they recreate shots from movies, but they change something. And it's like when I see stuff like that, I'm like, oh, that would have been cool to see. Like, that would have been a great idea. Like, uh, like you know what I mean? To see cinematically. But it's just awesome how all of us in this community have, like, full liberty to do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the way of the art. Like, we can, if we wanted to make it that, you know, instead of, like, I don't know. This Again, this is just my idea. Like, if instead of, like, Tony dying, like, if it was going to be Spider-Man. Like I, I imagine stuff like that. Like, what if, what if Spider Man actually was the one who got the gauntlet and did something with it? Like, you know, I like to imagine stuff like that. And, yeah. and again, it's just cool because I mean, it's not just in the the, not just like the toy photographers that you see like create these. Um, I guess you could say these alternate realities. But you see a lot of fan artists who do that too, and they they draw stuff or they paint stuff. And I'm like, man, like. Like, it's just cool how you see just, like, 
I guess you could say like the same train of thought amongst all these artists, but we have our different ways of, I guess you can say like representing them and like showing them, showing them off. And it's, it's so awesome. It really is, man. And we're going to stop it right there and take a quick break. And we will be right back with toy Photocast. Stay right there. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Toy Photocast with the Boba Saurus Fett interview. Thank you for being on the show today, Eugene. I really appreciate it, man. No, I appreciate you having me on here, man. This is awesome. I want to ask you this. Do you see yourself as an artist or do you see yourself as something else entirely? How do you approach toy photography from that mindset? If I say something else, do I have to define it or can I just use those words something else? <laughs> You don't have to define it. It could be undefinable. Oh, uh, undefinable. No, um, honestly, like, because you said, okay, if we see each other, I see, see ourselves as an artist or like a hobbyist or like yeah. something else, right? Yeah. I don't know. I think, I feel that everyone in this community is just like every single one of those categories. Every one of us is an artist because all of us are, you know what I mean? We're, we're, we're creating art and we're doing it in our own way. And I mean, in regards to hobby, it's like we all still do this as a hobby. Like this is something we enjoy doing. But I feel like, I don't know how to explain it. It's almost like the process of doing it is the hobby. Mm -hmm. And then our final product is the art. So mm -hmm. therefore, that's when we become the artists. And why I feel that we're all in that category of all three categories and something else, because I feel that every single one of us that does this, like we are literally something else. Like my, like my photos are going to be different from your photos. You know what I mean? And everyone, like we could all shoot the same figure. You know what I mean? If there was only one figure and all of us shot it on Instagram, you know, or something like that for toy photography, all of us would do something different with it. And therefore that would, that would make it something else. And it would make it our own art. And all of us would approach it because it's our hobby but yeah, ultimately, I feel that yeah, we're we all fall into those three categories, and in our own unique way. Because there's no way that we can I don't know how to explain it. Like, there's no way that we can all like do the same thing. Like, I feel like every single one of us is, you know, like pixel by pixel has done something different. Mm. That's an amazing answer, dude. That that is just a mic drop right there. You can say I blacked mic out. Drop. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome man do you have any moments looking back as a toy photographer that you just like pinch me and you're like oh my god did that actually happen like any big moments uh like in shots wise or just kind of like uh res um just like reaction wise or could be either one could be either one <clears throat> okay so i think pinch me moments for like a shot i'd say it's probably one of my recent shots was my gold ranger shot where I have him kind of like jumping in the air and I have like a Tama, um, like one of the like Tamashi effects, like swirling around him. Mm -hmm. And like, I remember like my, I, I have a behind the scenes shot of that, but I didn't post it. Cause I just, I don't know. I guess I kept it to myself cause I kept looking at it and I was like, okay, I know how I set that shot up. And then I know when I was editing it and editing it, I was just like, whoa, this is cool. Like, I really liked it. And it was crazy because it was like, as I was editing it and, you know, doing some, you know, like smudges and, you know, uh, 
playing with the temperatures and doing all kinds of stuff like that. I was just like, it was crazy. I felt like I wasn't doing it. I just felt like it was happening before my eyes. <laughs> and I don't know, like I just, I felt that Gold Ranger shot kind of caught the essence of, I guess you can say like what I enjoy, not in just toy photography, but I feel like that was like a Bulbasaur's fat shot. Um, Cause it's, it's like, we all know how we've all seen like Power Rangers. We see how they fight and stuff like that. But what I did in that shot was I kind of made it kind of anime-esque and kind of like how I touched base earlier on like how the amazing Yamaguchi figures are, you know, they're characters we know, but they're like exaggerated mm -hmm. and they give off that, like that style of just that, that epic style that anime always has, you know, regardless if like they're running through a forest or they're jumping like 50 feet in the air. And it's just, <laughs> you just get this grand, you just get this grand shot to make it look like it's the coolest thing ever. And personally, like, like I said, with that Gold Ranger shot, I was just kind of like, I was just really proud of that shot. And I was just super happy with it because I just felt like I did something different with that figure. And I guess like what the final result was actually better than, I guess, the idea I had in my head. So I guess that's where you can say like the, that pinch me moment. Wow. Um, yeah. Like it just, it felt really good. Cause I'm not gonna lie. Like I still go back to that shot and look at it and like, whoa, like I'm just really proud of myself. And I'm just like, and again, it's just like, when I look at it, I'm just like, man, I love doing this stuff. And it's crazy how that leaves my mouth like naturally. And it's just like, whoa, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. I guess you could say, sometimes we all got to give ourselves a pat on the back, you know? And it was just something that I was really proud of. Um, I guess you could say some other pinch me moment. I think like, okay, so let's see, what are some other pinch me moments? Um, Quizzelli, I did. We went. Um, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with uh, Intangible Dandy, Eric. Um, yeah. He actually got invited to do like a like a, the Washington Summer Con, and it was cool of him. He invited me. He's like, "Hey, man, like I'm gonna have a booth. Like you want to do it with me? Um, you can share the booth with me, and we'll just like show stuff off. We'll just talk about toy photography." I was like, "Oh, hell yeah, man! Like I was super stoked to do it, and it was such a great turnout because like so many. All we did was talk about toy photography." And so many people came by our booth just saying like, hey, so what is it you guys do? And it was just so crazy because everybody, like so many people come talk to us and say, whoa, what do you guys do? Like, we didn't know this was a thing. Like, and it was just such an awesome feeling. And it was cool because you had uh, kids coming over and like looking and then the parents were like, whoa, what is it you guys do? And what was awesome was seeing these parents like talking to the kids. And these kids are probably like younger than 10. And they're like, hey, you want to do something like that? And the kids are like, yeah. And it's just it's just really cool, like, seeing how, like, us just being there and talking about it, like, inspired them to try it. And I thought it was cool, too, because it created, like, some things for, like, parents to do with their kids. And I thought that was really cool because it's just, like, you know, it's, it's, it's just awesome to inspire people that way. Because wow. I know when we're doing um, – when Eric was doing, like, his little demonstration – there was actually a kid up there, and he had his his phone with him. He was just up there, and it's funny because I posed some, I posed some CJ ninjas and Deathstroke, a Rebotech uh, Deathstroke, and he went up there and was just like taking pictures of him with all different angles, and he was moving the lights around and stuff. And it was funny because he was doing this while Eric was doing his presentation, but I wasn't gonna stop this kid because I was just like, man, he's doing what we do, and I I don't want to hinder him from you know being inspired or just like being in this moment right now. I didn't want to stop that. Um, yeah, so that's, and I guess like 
the big thing from that moment for me, it went, caught me off guard because, you know, I was like, oh, let me try printing out some big prints of mine. Like, I was like, oh, I'll do like five of them, whatever. And it was crazy because, like, there's this Batman shot I did. Um, you've probably seen it. I did it with, uh, this, uh, with the Sovereign Knight Batman and, like, uh, Joker. And pretty much what it is is I have Batman in the elevator, and it's just his silhouette, and I gave him white eyes. So all you see is a silhouette of white eyes, and I was just so happy with that shot. And I was like, oh, let me try blowing it up. So I did a big print of it. And it was crazy. This guy came up to me and he, he bought it. And, but what the thing that really caught me off guard was when he was like, hey, man, can you sign it? And I was like, what do you want me to do? Like, oh. somebody, and like, it was just one of those moments like, you want my autograph? Like, I'm just a, I'm just a regular dude, man. And he's like, no, man, like, I, I, I want the artist to sign this. And I was just like, oh, all right. And that was just one of those. Like, I was like, whoa, that really caught me off guard. Wow. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't want to say I had a bunch of pinch me moments or anything like that. But I think one, I know, sorry, I, I know I've, I don't want to keep going, but I think another, uh, just one more Go was ahead. do you know who, um, oh, geez, I can, I'm drawing a blank again. Uh, oh, geez, I hope I don't pronounce his name wrong. Uh, Jordan, Jordan, uh, Vought Roberts is or Voight Roberts. Do you know who that is? Mm, I'm not sure. So he's the director of um, Kong Skull Island, and mm. <clears throat> he's a young guy. Like he's like in his mid thirties, and it's cool because he directed that movie. Um, he's coincidentally he's the guy trying to get um, Metal Gear made into a movie. Also, um, like he has a script and everything, and it's cool because he has the blessing from Kojima to make it happen too. Oh um, wow! I think one of the pinch me moments was. Um, maybe you've seen this shot. I did a shot of Snake and he was kicking a soldier and um, I, I felt like I captured the tone and the lighting for like Metal Gear Solid 2 mm-hmm. in that shot. And um, what was awesome, uh, he reposted it on Twitter and what? like it got like huge feedback. And it was one of those where I was just like, like I was just scrolling through Twitter and I saw it and I was just like, hey, that looks like my shot. And I was like, wait a minute, that is my shot. <laughs> and then it was cool because, like, he gave me credit and everything. And he was just like, hey, like, this shot's by Bulbasaur's face. I was like, oh, man, like, this is cool. Like, it was just, like, a super humbling moment that I guess the the joy I, I got from, like, recreating that scene and trying to capture the essence of Metal Gear, like, he saw that too. And you know how I kind of mentioned earlier, it's like you get that joy of somebody who interprets your art the way you want you, I guess, the way you intended for it to be interpreted. And I felt that that's what he did. And it just, it just made me super happy. So that was like a pinch me moment for that. So, Wow. That, that is like some amazing moments, dude. I'm just kind of floored right now. Just listening to all those things that happened to you. That's yeah, amazing. I hope, I hope I didn't drag that on or anything, but it was just, no like, dude, it, it's those, super those interesting. Like, yeah. Those are just moments where like, I guess just doing what we love to do just went further than I had ever expected, you know? Wow. Um, yeah, that's yeah. So I just had to share those moments. Yeah, that's amazing. Where do you see yourself in ten years, or where do you want to be? So in like ten years, man, uh, I hope you know I'm I'm more skilled. Uh, definitely, like learned a lot more. But definitely, I hope that we're shooting figures that haven't been created yet, man. So that's what my question is. So ten years from now, man, like what are some figures that you think might be out, or you know, mm. or that if you had figures that you want to create that should be created, that hopefully we can shoot in the future. 
that that's what I want to be doing in 10 years. So but I want to ask you, like, what figures do you want that should be out within the next 10 years so we can actually do that? Dude, okay, so I feel like there's, like, 90% of the things that I want are already made, but there's this, like, 10%, like, little portion that I feel like the market hasn't really been tapped yet, and I don't know who could make this or maybe, I don't know. Like, I always wanted to just start, like, a like an unlicensed figure company and just do figures that were generic figures, like like a policeman or a, a okay. army guy, or kind of like how Damn Toys does their uh, their one twelve stuff, but like yep. in the Mezco style, but not as expensive. Like they, <laughs> they they can be expensive, and they're not licensed. Like they don't have like a specific, at least I don't think they do. Like a, a property that they have to adhere to. So I would love to see man like some one twelve scale like just civilians, like just easy, accessible. Instead of having a kit bash, all these like 112 scale stuff happening. I love the kit bashers. Don't get me wrong. But it's it's not like feasible to like army build. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like if you want to have like like 25 civilians in a shot and you got like Iron Man and he's like saving the civilians, like it's just, that would be such an expensive shot to be able to produce because you can't really make civilians... Uh, Ex- they're just not they're not accessible right now if only they make- had a like a 90s price point <laughs> yeah like i mean i would th- i would say like between 40 and 50 like i would pay like between 40 and 50 bucks like even even if it just came with just the figure like the the cloth goods and like two sets of hands like that'd be perfect or just like a briefcase or just one accessory that's fine like if you want to buy like like uh, a police officer deluxe and like he comes with he comes with like uh, NYPD badge and like, you know, different little things. Like I've always wanted to see that kind of stuff done and not in the Figma style, but in like the Mezco style. I got you. I got you. Like actual like soft goods and all that mm-hmm. good stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh yeah. That'd be cool, man. Because I mean, I feel like those are, that, that's actually a great idea. Cause if you think about it, like all of us could really use that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like those, those, those figures would be, you, you know, it's kind of like, um, like, I'm not gonna lie, I regret, like, not picking up a bunch, but, uh, what was it, like, when the Black Series first came out, remember they had, like, the Resistance, uh, like, troop? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I think about it now, I was like, man, I should've got, like, four or five of those. Like, I have zero of those, <laughs> and I just think about it, I was like, man, like, you could just use, like, if you were doing, like, a futuristic scene or any anything, whatever you wanted to do, like, but you have, like, your army builder right there, and I was like, man, I could've done that. But yeah. no, that that would have been no. That's, that's a great idea because, like you said, like you imagine, like with the um, with the the Neca diorama set, like you know, like you could just have have those guys just like walking around, you know what I mean? And and it's just cool because like you could put like a John Wick figure in there and have yeah. like the, the camera focused on him. It's just like people just walking by. Like this is like the daily, you know. Um, I mean, you yeah. can kid, you can kid bash Marvel Legends and do that kind of stuff, but it's just it's not it to me like I lose the I I I see all of the different things I have to do to be able to get one figure produced, and I'm just like it's not worth it. I, I'd rather just like go buy another figure that's like a a specific character, you know what I mean? Instead of like having to like go to eBay to buy clothes and having to go do all this stuff, like it to me it's a hassle. Like I'd rather just buy the one figure that comes with everything that I want. But maybe it's the maybe it's the the American in me that, that wants the convenience. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, no, like I said, hey man, you never know. Like if we have the, if we have the right people listening to this right now, <laughs> like we we might be able to make some of this happen. Um, and I think that's what Mezco was trying to do, like with their Gomez stuff, is like they're trying to, in a way, kind of like help people build like civilian. But like Gomez is such a specific character, and like they're not they're not charging it like army builder prices. They're charging it like full you know 80 90 dollar prices which is it's cool figure like gomez is amazing they have a lot of different versions but i'd rather just see like a regular dude like even like don't give me five different head sculpts just give me one head sculpt like give me i just want some civilians like i really do like i would i know it's so uh i guess people like who aren't into toy photography like wouldn't would never pick this stuff up like they would just never it'd have to be like retailer exclusive like big bad toy store you know what i mean like that kind of stuff to be able to get or maybe just even on a kickstarter or something like that to be able to get it funded and produced but i don't know it'd be cool it'd be really cool to see some stuff like that see and that'd be you know it'd be awesome if the line was called like the dude or no that, that's <laughs> Lebowski. just call it like uh Oh, I don't know. I don't know, but like normies like the, or something like that, like nor- the, the, just the, the normies, the the dude line or something like the that, <laughs> and it's just like army dude, police dude, <laughs> nine to five I, dude. dude. I, it's funny because I've actually like I've come up with all the names of all the stuff because I want to do it. Like if I if I make it happen, I I will make it happen. Like I, if no one does, that's what I'm saying. If no one does it, I will make it happen. But if I'm hoping someone does it so I don't have to do it. <laughs> yeah. See, and it's funny. So, you're, you know, you're saying like you're hoping like some like I'm really hoping like amazing Yamaguchi because, again, they, I feel like they're doing an awesome job with yeah. like with the characters that they're doing. But so imagine imagine this, Dakota. Imagine amazing Yamaguchi doing like a 10 inch apocalypse figure from X-Men. Whoa. Like, just imagine that. Like, that would be, like, their first, like, large figure. And it'd still be technically one twelve for them. Um, yeah. But just imagine that. Like, I, I can see it already. Like, I imagine... Or like Galactus or something like that. Yeah. I mean, like, because, again, you know, I told you it's very, like, Marvel versus Capcom style. Like, I just try to imagine, like, the exaggerations and, like, some of the... Because, like, I can just imagine, you know, Apocalypse having, like, two of, the, like, the hammer arms that he would get and just imagine like those being like attachments. Um, something I imagine is amazing. Yamaguchi doing like Archangel. So I can really imagine the wings, like how ridiculous the wings would be. Like it's like, he's one of those characters who are like, man, like that's who, that's a person they need to do. And I hope you guys are listening. Rebel tech. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, uh, th- yeah, these are like the, the figures that I'm like really, like really hoping that like these companies are listening, but I think one like one line I'm really looking forward to. I won't looking forward to. I, well, I'm gonna say it that way. So, as in, it's gonna happen because we're technically talking ten years in the future, right? Yeah. So, um, I would think it would be really dope if like Figma or like even like Rebeltech if they did like Legend of Korra figures, because I feel like those those characters not having figures was like a missed opportunity mm-hmm. because. Yeah, those characters were just so awesome. And then you imagine, like, they control the elements. So you imagine, like, the the accessories they would come with, you know? Like, just, just imagine that. Like, that's something I think about. Or uh, Tanjiro from Demon Slayer. Do you, do you watch that anime? No, I don't. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of time. 
um, it, it's an awesome anime. But it's just a matter of time before I think that character comes out. But yeah, I mean, and and again, uh, yeah, within ten years, like I'm hoping again. I'm still doing this, but like I said, we're just we're just shooting figures that um, that you know that haven't been invented yet. So that's why I just like, hey, you know what? Did, Let, let's let's talk about this for a second. Did they do any Avatar: The Last Airbender figures? I don't recall. I mean, if they did, they were probably like five point articulation figures, or yeah. you get them at McDonald's or something like that. <laughs> um, but man, yeah, like. If you watch, like, the first season of Legend of Korra, like, there's Amon, there's, you know what I mean? And just, like, all those characters would just be awesome figures to have, um, you know, yeah. that's, because, again, they're all, like, martial artist characters, so you imagine, like, how the articulation would be, and, like, all the swappable hands, and, you know, and it's just, I don't know, again, I'm, I'm being extremely hopeful <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that, dude, that there's... somebody's listening. They're they're gonna make them eventually. Like in ten years, they've got to make some uh, the last Airbender stuff. That'd be I think it'd be really cool uh, to see either Figma do it or Rebel Tech do it. Um, maybe Figure Arts. Figure Arts, if they did it right, they could do some Airbender. Um, I'm trying to think who would be. Oh, I want to see. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I really want to see some Indiana Jones Mezco. Oh. Like, I want to see like the whole crew. Like I want to see like a one twelve scale like Jeep. Like he comes with, like a Jeep or something, or uh, comes with like the statues or just like all kinds of different like deluxe editions. Like I want to see Indiana Jones for sure. Be, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that'd be sick. Because imagine like he'd have a, a functioning zipper on, yeah. on his leather jacket, <laughs> an actual cl- uh, like a, a pleather hat. <laughs> you know what I mean, dude. Uh, I mean, Hot Toys made an amazing figure, and I've seen some amazing one six customs, but we don't really have like a good one twelve scale Indiana Jones. So speaking of Hot Toys, so something I kind of imagine. So you know how like the X Men are coming to the MCU, right? Mm-hmm. So something I kind of fathom is imagine if Hot Toys, like let, let's say again, like the x-men already established in mcu we've seen their movies if they make like of course this would be considered like a uh, quarter scale or something like that but if they made like a quarter scale sentinel oh and then, wow and just use that with all the 112 figures like i think everybody would buy at least one <laughs> like, oh yeah for sure like imagine a sentinel like the size of like the hulkbuster hot toy <laughs> like i'd probably buy at least two like and you know they could probably be die cast and they're gonna weigh like 24 pounds but it's it's the details right <laughs> you'd have to have a massive setup to be able to get that thing in frame uh but and th- and that's where the joy comes in right that's where mm-hmm. the joy of what we do it's like kind of like oh this is gonna be a challenge but i'm gonna execute like i'm gonna do this and it's just kind of like you imagine like the scale because i mean I think it. I think it can be done. I I I have total faith in this community that it can be done. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any other before I move on. If there's any other figures I'd like to see produced. Hmm. I know they're doing the 1,000 Toys Master Chief, which I'm a massive Halo fan, and I mm-hmm. they did say they're going to make all of the the Chiefs. So that's something I'm looking forward to. So that's already being done. But I hope they go deep into that line. Like, I really hope they do, like, a grunt. I hope they do, like, an elite. I hope they do a jackal. Like, because 1,000 Toys makes 
amazing figures. And I hope they I hope they really dive deep into that line. I, I honestly think they will, because I think the fact that they've already announced that they're gonna hey, they're gonna touch base on those characters, I think they're trying to like like silently get that feedback. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I feel like if they realize like, hey man, we can really capitalize on this and you know, they have you know, us collectors, like we're gonna go for them. So it's Dude, like I will buy every single one. If they <laughs> I will go all in on one thousand toys, like because I'm a massive Halo fan uh-huh. and the McFarlane stuff is cool, but it, the articulation is so wonky, man. It's such a like have you messed with those McFarlane Halo figures? Yeah, I actually have a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah. They're no. so wonky, dude. Yeah. Hey, but you know what's funny? I, I can't turn down free toys because my nephew didn't want them anymore. So I was like, hey, man, I'll take them. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for them because I used to collect them as a kid. But for like toy photography and stuff, like it's just it doesn't really cut it for articulation. I mean, the NECA one's really cool. The, that quarter scale chief isn't really. I've seen some amazing shots with that. But um, yeah, I hope 1000 Toys really goes deep. That'd be fun. Yeah, I think they're gonna. I think they'll they're gonna nail it, and it's gonna it's gonna just like pick up like crazy. Because like I said, I mean, I saw the um, Master Chief at at Comic Con this mm-hmm. past year, and like the scaling looked good on it, and it just looked very like smooth. I'll put it that way. It just looks very smooth. Yeah, <laughs> I don't it's know. supposed to be modeled after the the first like the first Halo, so it's supposed to be kind of like the remastered edition Halo One. So it's gonna it's not gonna have all those details like Halo Four did. Like Halo Four had a lot more uh detail. Um but oh, there was another thing I was gonna say. Man, what was it? Uh oh, we'll come back. Come back uh, to it. Come, oh no, oh yeah. So um the Figma started doing the Dead or Alive and they've only done one figure, which is like that one uh uh chick. I can't remember her name at the moment. Like, Kasumi, I think. Yeah. I think it's Kasumi. I want them to do that whole series. I lo- I'm a big Dead or Alive fan too. So if they go deep, like Hayabusa and uh, Ryu, uh, yeah, Ryu Hayabusa, and if they do, uh, what's that one dude who's like? Do you have you ever played that game? Yeah, it's been a long time because that's like from PS1, right? That was when the first one came out. Yeah, the fir- I think the first one was PS1, but they've they've done like six or seven games. Like oh. I, the first one I played was Dead or Alive three on the xbox the original xbox and that was Mm. when i really got into it um Mm. but yeah i'd love to see that that'd be cool i hope they do that do do you remember the game bloody roar no i don't oh man like those are figures i would love to have too because it was like again it was like a a fighting game but it was just kind of like cool because they were like martial artist characters but they can turn into like um like martial artist version uh beasts (laughs) <laughs> i don't know if that makes any bloody sense bloody roar is that what it's called yeah it's called bloody roar like i oh. just think those would be awesome like figures because like uh one character you know what i mean he would become a tiger but like he's you know they all stayed in like humanoid form but turned into animals so they just fought as like an animal form if that i don't know how to explain it but i don't know they, it was just it was just really cool characters like one of yeah yeah just really interesting concepts like i'm I, it's almost as if, like, I feel like four horsemen could totally make them because, like, they're already kind of doing, like, the knights with, like, the tiger heads and stuff like that. And, you know, kind of like the, like, half, you know, like, half man, half creature mm-hmm. kind of characters. So, I mean, I feel like they could probably execute those pretty well. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. Oh, yeah, they could easily do that. 
So I'm going to transition now, man. What do you think us as the action figure community needs to focus on? Like, how can we on a daily basis better ourselves? I mean, I guess like what the great thing is, is like, and I'm pretty, I've heard this on past, you know, episodes here, but I, I just can't help but to agree with everybody. Like all of us use this as like, you know, it's like a form of therapy for us. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows us to express ourselves and, you know, I mean, life ain't easy. I mean, it's like, I don't know, like for me, like how I use toy photography, it's like, you know, we don't always have control of everything that goes on in our lives, but when it comes to toy photography, it's like the next best thing to having control. And it's just cool because like we're able to just create and just kind of like step away from everything going on, you know, that might be holding us back or holding us down or something like that. You know, again, just really depends on the person. Um, but in regards to like how, because how'd you phrase it, how we can be better people or... Yeah, just how can we better ourselves as a community in general? Oh, I mean, honestly, I don't know. I think just the, I mean, just the communication itself, I feel like, I don't want to say it can get better, but what I mean is just communicating amongst yourselves and realizing that, hey, we're all human beings. Like, we're all, we all got day jobs. We're all, you know what I mean? Like, realizing that, you know, the person who put that picture that you see on there is a human being too, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel that, that's like the strong points of this community is kind of like, Hey, like we're all perfect strangers from all around the world. And yet it's so easy for us to communicate with each other through our art. And at the same time, like using that art as like a catalyst to like talk to somebody. And I just, I don't know. I just feel like in the community, like how we can just be better and stuff like that is just, I don't know if we just all like kind of communicate and, um just remember like why we do this that's i feel like that's the important thing is remember why you do this and like why you love this hobby like why you love this art why you love this something else um just you just got to remember that because i mean remember at the end of the day like you're you're the one who's creating it like no one else yeah i totally agree man that's something that i have recently tried to improve myself as communication and just reaching out to people and making sure I know that, you know, I appreciate them making sure they feel appreciated. You know, like there's something to be said about like lack of communication because people can get all kinds of different feelings when you're not communicating. And I'm one of those people that I, I can tend to be a loner and I don't have to have communication like to, to function, but I do appreciate it and I value it. Mm -hmm. But for the people out there that are like quality time people that like really need that communication, like I totally get it. I totally mm-hmm. get it. Like I want to be, want to be better. Best. Yeah, like I want to do better at that, and so that's totally important. And also, like you said, just realizing that people behind the lens, behind the Instagram accounts, like th- those are people, man. Those are real life people. They have real life problems. They have real life jobs. Real life, you know all kinds of different things on their plate. So take that with a grain of salt. Like whenever you're sending a DM, be like, Hey man, you haven't texted me or messaged me or liked my comment or liked my photo. And it's like, man, like we got real, we got lives. Like sometimes we can't just be on Instagram 24 seven. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like as much as oh, I yeah, want to yeah. be. Yeah. Uh, and also was- sometimes like I want to send like a really good reply and so I'll think about what I want to say back. Like, I don't want to just sound flippant and, and mm-hmm. 
because like all of us, we have so many people that sometimes we talk to and it's tough sometimes to give like a really thoughtful response when you're just trying to respond really quick. And so just remember, like you, like you said, like we're all humans, we all go through things. But. And, and that's something, um, I, I'm glad you, you, you said something that kind of sparked something in my head. Um, there's actually been times where, and also I, I feel like what's great about it is, so through this community, it's not just about a toy photography, toy photography. Like we've actually meet people, you know, and I've tried to do this and I want to improve on it. It's like, clearly, you know, you, you make friends through this and something I've actually done too, is just kind of like reach out to people like, Hey man, like I haven't talked to you in a while. Like, how are you doing? Like not, not even anything like toy photography related. It's just kind of like, Hey man, how are you doing? Like, haven't talked to you in a while, you know? Cause honestly it feels like that can actually make somebody's day and that can actually, you know, and I feel like it, it helps people, you know, it's yeah. just like knowing that like, Hey, like it's not just about the toy photography. Like that's a great thing. Cause you know, like I, I talk to, you know, like a good handful of people on Instagram. And it's great because most of the time, like, I don't feel like we're even talking about toys. We're just talking about like life. And we're just talking about like just the joys of things and stuff that we can laugh at, you know? And it's just like, cool. Like, it's not just the toys, you know? Like, there's definitely something more than that now. And that's the great thing that we use this um, medium to like meet people. And, but what's awesome about it is kind of like, all right, cool. Like, hey, this was our connecting point. And at the same time, it's like, it's not just about that, but like, hey, man, like, what else is going on? You know, it's like, yeah. you can know, shoot each other jokes. And it's kind of like, hey, man, like, have you tried this restaurant? Like, go there. And it's like, oh, we don't have that here because I don't live in the States anymore. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's strange for people that don't do toy photography. Like, and I say this uh, in kind of like having like, and experience like people just think that's all you think about is toy photography and no that's there's a lot of things that i think about other than toys and sometimes i just don't want to think about toys sometimes i want to think about something else and you know uh when you when you're passionate about something sometimes the best thing to do is to take a break and you know take moments where you're not obsessed and you just go focus on something else and enjoy something else and come back to it and then you enjoy even more because you bring life experience to it and, and, and knowledge that you didn't have before. And you know, it's, it's interesting. Cause have maybe, have you ever noticed this? Like you've ever look at um, some people's like posts and stuff and you kind of wonder like, like how they might've like put their self into that shot. If that makes any sense. Cause yeah. like, for example, like if somebody, you know, like I, I've reached out to friends before and you know, they, they might be having a bad day and they might do a post and it's like, they they created some form of art and of course it's with figures or whatnot but it's crazy how it just kind of like represents themselves but at the same time that's kind of like helping them at the same time and it's awesome because it's just because sometimes you know when you're just kind of contained i mean you know like mentally like sometimes you can end up like hurting yourself you know and it's just kind of awesome how like with through toy photography it's like like um how do I explain it? No, I know what it's you're saying. A, it's like it's a yeah. great way to express yourself. It really yeah, is. it's just it's just a great outlet. Yeah, and yeah, you know, and it's just it's just it's just cool because like, you can actually see how people are feeling in some of their stuff. Like, and it's awesome too when they they really describe stuff. And it what it, it's awesome too is like if somebody does a post and it's just kind of like, hey, this was going on in my life or whatnot. This is how I might feel. And it's awesome when you see people in the comments like who are very supportive very yeah. kind of like hey like i understand what you're going through like i've been through stuff like this or 
you know, and, and it's awesome because it's just, it's, it's reassuring to these people and all of us that like, Hey, like this is, you know, this is a therapeutic experience, even though it might be with toys, like it's, it's still a therapeutic experience. And it's like some people like, I mean, not some people, but it's like, you might not realize you're helping somebody that much, but you actually really are, you know? Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. It, if you use it as a medium to be able to reflect and to be able to express yourself, especially when you're going through difficult situations, because a lot of times we can internalize and or externalize our feelings. But if we do it and we are able to use those catalysts in our art, then the art becomes something more than, than just your emotion. Or it's like you used it for a, a positive a positive way like you're able to affect people like you said like people are going to like relate to that like because everybody goes to bad everybody has bad days everybody has moments when it's not you're not feeling great and like when you're able to tr you know translate that into art and people can uh, like respond and be able to uh be able to get something from that like that's i mean it's incredible like then then you just realize wow like i can get through anything because if you use if you if you look at it from that aspect, like it is a mental health situation where you're able to instead of like going and just moping around the house, it's like okay, I'm going to take this energy which mm -hmm. I'm frustrated and I'm going to go direct it at toy photography, mm -hmm. and I'm going to create something. Um, it doesn't even have to be a sad shot. It could be something happy, like how you want to feel. Like you want to feel yeah. happy, so you do a happy shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, oh yeah, I never, honestly, I didn't even think about that. Like the way you just said that, I was like, that's a I've, I would have never thought about that, you know, about like, hey, like, I want to feel this way. So let me shoot that way. Like, I, I, I didn't even think about it that way. No, that was brilliant, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I never wake up in the morning, like wanting to get up at 5am and do the things that I do. But like, I know, if I do it, I feel great. So I do it because <laughs> not because of the initial feeling. I know how I want to feel. So I do it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> but do you have any, uh, specific views on like healthy living exercise like what do you kind of do like for a regiment like do you work out like what's your so what's your... i'll be honest so i work out but i don't work out to get fit i work out because like i eat like crap <laughs> <laughs> and and truthfully like i don't know i'm a firm believer and i feel that you know it is that it's like mind over matter um mm -hmm. you can eat whatever you want as long as you like go to the gym and not even saying you have to do anything crazy, but like do enough to like, you know, to, you know, get your sweat on and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like if somebody came to me for like health advice, <laughs> I'd be like, you know, <laughs> I'm the wrong person because if you want the honest truth, man, like ever since I came here to Germany, okay, I've been here, what, oh man, like seven weeks or something like that. I think I've had a butter pretzel and like a beer like every day <laughs> and then i'm gonna it up <laughs> yeah man because it's just so good here um have you ever had a butter pretzel man no I... dude the, my mind was blown the first day i moved to germany so i was like what's a butter pretzel and i ordered it it's like a fresh baked pretzel and it's injected with butter what done so like what? every and there's this bakeries everywhere and that's like their that's like the common food you know what i mean like you know how you can go to like a denny's or something and say hey i'm gonna order some toast <laughs> like you go to the bakery down the street it's like hey can i get a butter pretzel it's like okay 
and it's like, you want anything else with that? I'm like, uh, since I'm here, like, can I get a half of Bison? <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> and they're just man. like, okay, four euros. <laughs> You're like, that's it. Like, it's just crazy, man. That's the thing. Like, I've heard like the food in and the and the beer is so inexpensive over there. Like, okay, I, let I, me go ahead. Like, I'm sorry, man, but I have to I have to share this experience with you. Go for it. So. I probably will never be able to eat McDonald's in the States again because <laughs> McDonald's here is like mind blowing. Like I had the yeah. chicken because their chicken nuggets here are like real chicken. Mm-hmm. So when I bit into a chicken nugget, I was like, okay, this is not a chicken nugget because I'm used to the States like flavor. And I yeah. was like, this is a real chicken nugget. And then like here they have a thing called the chicken box. And I was just like, what's in the chicken box? And it's like, 10 chicken nuggets and like 10 chicken wings with like fries and so i was just like what what i was like mcdonald's has chicken wings and it's just oh man it's so good yeah it's just yeah like the food here is just awesome man like everything is just so fresh like the ingredients here are just like better and i, I think that's i think that's all of europe to be honest because like i've only heard like good things about the ingredients and stuff throughout the country so mm. Man, making me hungry now. The only time I've ever had like a really good experience at McDonald's, and it's been years since I've eaten McDonald's, but I was in New Jersey, and I it was like this neighborhood McDonald's, but they did not use like the corporatized stuff that everybody else uses. They had like real fresh meat, and they had like I don't know what it, I ordered just a cheeseburger, and it was like it tasted like it would come out of someone's backyard, like someone just grilled up some burgers and. Dude, I don't know what the deal is, like what, how they're able to do uh, non-corporate stuff, but that that that's what every McDonald needs to do. We need some we need some chicken boxes over here. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, trust me, like that, like I said, yeah, chicken boxes are dope. <laughs> it's just like chicken nuggets, chicken wings, fries, and they have curry sauce here. I don't know if you're a fan of curry. Oh yeah, dude, Love they curry. have. They have curry sauce here. So, you know, you get like sweet and sour sauce, barbecue sauce at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Here they have curry sauce. And it's mm. in the same packet as like anything else. And it's just like awesome. Dude, my and wife is Middle Eastern. So she like, cooks oh. like some amazing food. So, oh, dude, you yeah. lucky, man. I'm lucky. Yeah. Well, man, yep. if you want to freeze dry some of that and send it over here, like that's <laughs> too, you know? Dude. <laughs> I could go on and on. I could like have a whole episode devoted to my wife's cooking. Like it's ridiculous. It's so good. I'm spoiled. And most people like that know me, they know that I'm spoiled, but <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, so do you have any tips, man, for people? <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to in- interrupt. Did you, were you saying something? Oh no, I was like, rub it in, man. Rub it in. <laughs> oh yeah, I do. I, w- I will, I will rub it in <laughs> all the time because I really lucked out. Like, Anyway, so yeah, <laughs> you're like we can uh, we can create another podcast about this. <laughs> really good. I mean, it it it's ridiculous. Like she does everything from scratch and like does not cut corners. Um, do you have any tips for people out there doing toy photography that are just starting? Like, do you have any kind of uh, anything you want to say to somebody like like yourself just starting out? Um, just just do it, man. Like, like just. Yeah, like experiment because that's like the only way you're going to learn things because like, you know, like, yeah, you can you can point and shoot and do it like, hey, you like it? Cool. And what's awesome about it is like this is just based on my experience. It's just like, okay, when I first started, remember, like I I was just using a phone 
And I remember shooting and shooting. It's like, all right, cool. Like, I really like this. And I remember like seeing other photos. And I was like, wow, like I want to be able to do something like that. And it's just you educate yourself. You educate yourself. And it's just awesome because it's just like the information and knowledge is like limitless. It's just you can just keep learning things. Like there is no, okay, I learned everything. Like, no, it's just, there's different ways to challenge yourself. There's different ways that you can grow. Um, and I'd say definitely one of the biggest things that I would tell somebody new is, hey, if you're shooting outdoors, there's going to be people who stare. You know what? Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, trust me. But what's awesome about it is I've had so many experiences where some people like stop and stare and like, they're not trying to be rude. They're just kind of like, whoa, like, this is different because there's been so many times where like, no joke, this has happened to me so many times where like um, people would stop and they just watch me and I'm just, I just keep doing my thing and they come up and ask me like, Hey, like, what are you doing? I was like, Oh, I do toy photography. And they're like, toy photography. Like they didn't even like it, it just something, they just discovered something new. And then it's kind of like, yeah, like you want to see what I shoot? And they're like, okay. And I show them on my camera and they're like, Oh, because like from their perspective, they just see like toys set up like in the <laughs> yeah. forest or on the ground. They're just like, okay, cool. Like there's a five year old and a thirty year old's body. There's <laughs> um, but no, and then you show them, and they're just like, whoa, because you're getting the camera's perspective now, and that just opens their mind. Um, yeah, and it's just like if people stare, like keep doing what you're doing. Like you're not you're not doing this for them. You're doing it for you, and you know what I mean. And it's just kind of like. Hey, like you want to shoot out in the forest or you go out in the forest and there's people staring. So you're in the forest. This is, you know what I mean? Like, like, get, you know, get, get your, um, your, your naturally grown diorama. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like get it in there. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know. That's my biggest thing. Cause I just know that was one of my kind of like, um, things like when I first started was like people kind of like just staring or just like looking at you like, what the, like, what are you doing? But then it's just kind of like over time you get used to it and then realizing that people are just curious. Mm. And what's awesome about it is there's been times too where like kids would be like hiking with their parents and the kids come over and like watch and then the parents come over and then their parents are the ones asking me more questions than the kids are. And they're just kind of like, oh, like when did you start doing this? And it's just, it's just cool because it's like while you're doing this, you're actually like enlightening people and like inspiring people. And you know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's an awesome, I don't know. It's kind of an awesome feeling, especially when people talk to you and they're just super interested in what you're doing, you know? So, I mean, yeah, I would say just keep doing it. Um, don't compare yourself, just keep doing it and you'll learn as you go, like doing things and you're going to, you right off the bat, when you take that first picture, you already have your own style. That's just all you have to remember. Nice, man. And for everybody out there that heard my dogs barking in the background, I apologize. <laughs> um, man, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm a big fan of your account. If I haven't mentioned it before, I love your stuff. I always look forward to your new posts. And so thank you, man, first and foremost. No, thank you so much, Dakota. Like, honestly, like, honestly man, this is like, this is an awesome experience. Like, I'm being dead serious. Like, like I told, like I kind of said earlier, man. Like I was having like anxiety attack because I was like, man, I'm about to have a job interview. <laughs> but like, no, this is awesome because, like, this is a podcast that's talking about art, like toy photography, and it's awesome because this is a whole new like for me. This is a whole new medium to kind of like open, 
you know, open the door for like so many things, you know, like you would just think like, Hey, all we know is like Instagram or like Facebook to see toy photography. But now it's like, Hey, now you can get a toy photographer podcast and actually, you know, like get in the mind of like these photographers who just, you know, who do this stuff. And it's just awesome. Cause you know, you've had so many like talented guests on your podcast and it's just interesting to hear what they say and just hear like, you know, like what inspires them and just overall how, how the community has like just come to them with open arms, you know? And it's just, it's, it's awesome. It's just awesome. Cause as, as small as this community may, may feel, it's actually pretty huge. It's like when you, when you, when you get to know it and it's, it's pretty, it's pretty rad. That, that means a lot, man. Thank you so much. I cannot wait to see the reaction people give to this episode. And I know that people are going to glean a lot of, nuggets out of this one for sure because i definitely am man i i really did i learned a lot man and i i'm always a learner i always try to you know keep the posture of i can learn so much from you guys coming on this this podcast and um so yeah thank you man and so people can be able to connect with you on social media what's what's the best way for that to happen so definitely um, Instagram at BobasaurusFet. Uh, if you're on Facebook, it's BobasaurusFet Photography. Um, Twitter is also BobasaurusFet. And all you have to do is look for my logo. And it's like a Tyrannosaurus Boba Fett helmet with red background. And uh, yeah. Um, I got one more thing for you, Dakota. Yeah. So, you know, today was move day, man. So literally all my stuff showed up. So truthfully, I haven't really had a lot of time to shoot because, you know, all my toys have been, you know, making it across the ocean blue. Um What's what's a figure you want me to shoot, man? Because that'll be my next post. Ooh, oh man, gosh. I mean, bear the, with the, me. I gotta find it. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, I don't know. Okay, I'm a big. All right, I'm a big Batman fan. So okay. if you could, if you could bust out the Sovereign Knight, if you got Sovereign Knight, I want to see, I want to see another Sovereign Knight shot because I love your Batman stuff. Thanks, man. Um, any any particular things you want me to do with Sovereign Knight? that I can uh, try to capture? Uh, it's hard to like say because I don't know what you got, like what dioramas you have. Like, I don't know. Um, just maybe, hmm, man, <laughs> you put me on the spot. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm trying to think. How about How about just do like, the best Batman portrait you've ever done. Like the, like the, like the most killer, just Batman portrait, like face on, like from like the, the waist up. See, now you just put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Hey man, challenge accepted, dude. I'll do my best, man. Sweet. Can't wait to see it, man. Cool. And again, uh, thanks again for having me on the show, man. Dude, Eugene, it, it's a pleasure, man. Likewise. You can always find me at Dagobah underscore days. You can find the Mezco 112 Collective feature page at 1.12.collective. And you can find Toy Photocast at Toy Photocast. So get out there. Tell your story, everybody. We are storytellers. So have fun with it. Enjoy yourself and keep shooting the toys. All right. Peace. <laughs>